0: My name is Sanal Prakash, and this is The Discourse, a series of episodes where I dive into and tackle the most relevant topics within the school system. In our last episode, I sat down with Ms. Teresa Eastman, the Instructional Facilitator for Technology here at Dominion. Today, we'll be continuing our discussion, talking about the world of technology and the internet, and continue talking about the integration of technology with education. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the first part of this episode on DHSPress.com. So I'm back with Ms. Teresa Eastman, and last time we left off our discussion talking more about the internet and the part it plays in technology and also our personal lives and in the world. The internet and the world of social media keeps track of everything and there's always the info that you consciously put out there when you post or tweet or hashtag or tag someone. But sometimes there's even things that you don't really you're not aware that other people are actually seeing and able to track it. And that's definitely a way kids are getting caught. And there's a lot of problems with that because they're doing things they they don't really realize that it's bad thing. And they also don't realize that someone's going to know and someone's going to find out in 10 years when you go and trying to get a job. And they're like, oh, I saw this this video of you like bullying someone on the Internet 10 years ago. That's a reputation like yes. you're literally leaving your reputation out for everyone to see. And you can't change it either they're going to keep that perception of you like forever
1: yeah no i think it's it's hard because i don't think it's just a youth culture thing i think a lot of people don't read the fine print you know um it's it's kind of funny to see people that for us like here at dominion students who use their phones to check phoenix and part of getting the chromebooks with you guys at the beginning of the year was logging into them and logging into lcps go and they were supposed to log into Phoenix because one of the things that pops up is the, you know, user agreement that more or less says you're going to use this as a tool, not a toy. Also letting you know, Loudon is watching everything that you are doing on this. It's not your machine. It's not your work. It is theirs. You are, you know, given the opportunity to use it through, through their kindness and their financial support. How many of us read the user agreements? How many of us read the user agreements for our phones? You know, how many of us read the user agreements for the apps and the extensions that we download? And I think that's, what's hard right now is there are so many things that I would love to be able for my staff and for the students here to use that are Chrome extensions, but they've not been approved yet by the county. And when I've pushed back and asked why that is, it's because either the user agreement and the privacy policy do not reflect the values that we have, or the company has got a history of changing that so much, so quickly, so often, that it's not something we can keep up with to verify that, you know, and guarantee the students are going to be safe. And that seems like a, a big idea adult kind of thing. But yeah, you guys are encountering this with everything that you sign off of giving permission to. And I think about just getting apps for picture editors like on my phone for my goofy little dog and it comes up okay this wants access and the ability to delete all of your pictures in in google photos but there are definitely the ones I'm like no I really want to be able to do xyz so I want this app and yep sounds good okay let's go and it's, it's not a good way to be.
0: We don't read the terms and conditions. There's always a joke, best place to hide a dead bodies in terms and conditions because <laughs> no one will read it. No one will go there. I think yes, the time is too much work, especially for kids. They're not going to sit there and read yeah. a little thing just to make sure that their safety is okay because we're so used to it. It's so accessible that we're like, oh, it's never really happened to anyone that we know. It's like, fine, I'll be okay. Right. It won't matter. Nothing is going to happen to me. People don't think it's going to happen to them, right. like something like hacking. Actually, it was something that happened to even me a while ago. Mm-hmm. Someone had hacked. I don't know if it was like a server program or like something in Instagram and it showed up as like my friend had dm'd me like oh your pictures are on this website and I was like oh my god what does that mean I clicked on it and then it like hacks your Instagram and it starts like it can like just take over everything and I think that's also kind of like a metaphor for technology so it's gonna like take over your life if you're you can't control it and if right. you don't know how to use it and that's that's such a big problem if we're not able to be taught how to use it and I know you and like your team are teaching teachers to help teach students and I think with all of this new stuff and all these programs, some of that learning and some of those tips and advices and, like, oh, you shouldn't do this, you should do this, is kind of lost along the way because a lot of kids, they don't want to listen to that. They don't want to hear. They want to be like, oh, we know. We know technology. I got it. That's all. I know how to use Instagram. That's that's right. it. That's technology,
1: <laughs> right? I don't need anything else. But I think you bring up a really interesting point. Like, there was this quick little three-slide show presentation, like, three days in a row early on in the beginning of the year, like, right when you guys first got the, the Chromebooks. And that was kind of it. Um, And there's been a lot of talk as more schools are going one to one. I've been talking with um, kind of our sister high schools in the area. Uh, We did a big training in October with all the teachers here at Dominion. But the idea of what what is really the best way to roll out the technology not only so that the teachers are prepared for it to be in their classrooms and the expectation of using it, but so that this equity that we want to give the students really is applied for those of you that maybe are not as familiar with the technology, or maybe you're really, really good with a Mac or with your phones, but a Chromebook's a different beast. Do you feel that maybe we didn't make sure that you guys had all the bases covered? I think
0: there could have been a little bit more understanding from the students on their part, too. I don't think that the team that was putting out the information was doing wrong, necessarily. I think there could have been more of it, some more like small implementations, like this is a tip for doing this, you should do this instead. I think when kids sit in Titan Time and they look at that slideshow, they're like, I, I don't want to read the slideshow, oh my no. god, they're like wasting my Titan Time, I don't want to do this. And I think it's a lot of like apathy that they, they just don't care. They think that technology is just, it's just there, it's a toy, right? You're saying it's a tool, not a toy. That's the, that's the really big, you know, looming debate that is it a toy or is it a tool? And that's right. so hard to decide in different circumstances when kids are using it with like playing Fortnite and playing games yep. and oh, like online chat rooms and all yeah. the things that can either be dangerous or harmful or even just harmless but they still don't know like any other repercussions of it because everything with technology has some sort of repercussion
1: yeah well it's interesting so one of the things that I worked with the leadership team um, before we went to winter break was we've got a staff central website now and so it's a thing where you know all of the teachers and all the staff have access to this thing and it's a repository of, of all the information that we basically need to to make the school run. Um, but one of the pieces to it is I send out these biweekly emails with like, little tips and tricks for them to use in the classroom, please invite me in, that kind of thing. Um, and the conversation came up on, it would something like that be useful or welcomed by the student population where we could have a repository for you guys of quick little, here things that you can fix on your own, here stuff you don't wanna mess with on your own, um, having the itinerary up in one place for you to find real easily, that kind of thing. And that's something that I would really welcome some student input with and, and trying to make sure that there are some things in place for you guys so that you can be self-sufficient um, and then, you know, processes that you can go through for things to be easily fixed if you can't maybe there could be some
0: sort of question and answer so like most like frequently asked questions because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the like small like same things happen like with that like I'm not a robot like server check a lot of small problems that like, they don't they just kind of keep clicking buttons until it goes away or they just reach sure. out and they're like okay that's done I think we should actually understand why that happens because if that ever happens in the future we're not gonna have a teacher to ask sure. and for me personally I haven't had teachers tell me how to use any of my like technology they say here's the assignments. Here's what you should do. Uh, Do the assignment, turn it in. Like you should start knowing that. And I think now we've actually kind of surpassed some of the teachers. We'll be like sitting and doing things on our Chromebook and the teacher will be like, oh, can someone help me like open the thing? Cause they don't know how to do it. And I think that shows how we're learning so fast that we don't want to slow down and listen to someone else teach
1: Sure. And this year for Google has been crazy because I started with Google Classroom like I said three, four years ago and there were like little kind of, you know, quality of life changes there were massive overhauls in August of this year and then again in October and then again right before December and like here we are still waiting for some of the features that you can sign up for beta um, and that's unprecedented. So I think too, you've got teachers that are just kind of getting the handle on what something looks like and feels like and how it reacts they've got their lesson ready to go, they've got their materials ready to go and they literally walk into classroom. From the next day, and it doesn't look the same. It doesn't act the same, and, and it just things are rolling out so quickly right now that I think it's been difficult for them. Whereas with you guys, I think there is kind of this built-in um natural adaptability of like, okay, we'll just try clicking here instead. Just try this instead. Oh, it'll probably be there. You know that for people that, especially if it's their first time using Google Classroom, Google Apps for Education, can be daunting. And you guys kind of just jump into it because because you'll figure it out. You'll click something to figure it out. Right?
0: Yeah, and I keep saying it's so accessible to us because we're growing up with it. I think definitely for teachers and for you guys. You've seen how it was without it. And that's a hard adaptation. If you had nothing, like none of this equipment, anything to do, you're just doing anything, everything on pen and paper. I think our box would be so much smaller, would be so much more limited to what we could learn and do. And I'm writing a history paper right now. And I was thinking he wants like 10 resources from us. And I'm like, how would I get 10 resources? I have to find 10 books on a very, very specific topic. That's that's a huge change to like be able to just have the internet at your fingertips and just be able to like with one click, you have... Mm -hmm literally the world like at your hands
1: no it, it was it was tedious i mean i think about taking my my seventh graders back in like 2008 to uh, to the library i was very fortunate i worked at hayfield secondary school uh, for many years and we had this this gorgeous wonderfully staffed library but a research paper for seventh grade took five weeks because and they were block classes like a high school um because you had to go through all the encyclopedias, you had to go through you know card catalog stuff to see what books we had. We could interlibrary loan books, but I mean it was an entire long process. Because even then we didn't have the resources online for the kids. There was some stuff, but a lot of the stuff was you know the World Book online was really just the World Book that we had on the shelves. Um, whereas now, yeah, you have all kinds of great resources that you can access again quickly. Um, and reliable ones at that, too, which I think is really, really interesting. You know, I think we had these big, massive kind of lessons when Wikipedia first kind of came around. That it's like, this is why you don't use Wikipedia. Whereas now, you know, my last couple of years in teaching seventh grade English, it was more, here's how you can use Wikipedia. Here's what's not reliable about it. Here's ways that you can find reliable things about it. So that whole shift on how you research, how you access information, how you evaluate it. When I think of, you know, dragging 34 bodies down to this library, and there's the book, and it's the same book that the kids will use last year and here's kind of a limited range of topics because I know it's the books we have in order right now versus my last couple of years. I, I did very open-ended projects with my students. I did a lot of passion projects. I did a lot of, okay, here's the general thing that I need to know. Go. And um, and the, the students were interested in so many things that are not on my radar and I learned a lot. I learned really cool things. I don't think I would be able to delicately function if you dropped me back, you know, where my original teaching was um, because I I definitely see more how technology can benefit my students. I, as I said, I worked with a very diverse group of kids, so being able to see how technology gives certain kids a literal voice. You know, I have students um, who did not speak. I've had students who didn't want to speak uh, due to a bad stutter. Um, I had students who were learning the language, so they weren't speaking because they didn't want to make a mistake in front of their new peers. And being able to say, okay, you can take time to, you know, record a Flipgrid however many times you want, or type out something on a Padlet or a Google Doc. That's huge. Like, that. that's life-changing, world changing to me but I just kind of think of like you know I was so excited to give my students a web quest for the outsiders about Johnny Cade killing Bob and like the kids loved it but was it actually good teaching it wasn't it was engaging it was entertaining but it really wasn't until I took that and started adding some like real world elements to it and and that shift you know was was a big change and it came all about at once once we had that technology I don't think I could go back now and, and just do pencil and paper, which is kind of shameful. But I, I do. I like the doors that it opens. I liked what my kids were able to access and, and really seeing the growth and those skills that I think are just going to be so important. You know, there are things that you just need to know. But I think being able to you know collaborate and delegate and, and work with your peers and, and be respectful in your discourse um, with people around, around you and around the world, um, I think technology has lent itself to that.
0: Technology, as you said, has opened so many doors, and I think it makes our box of imagination and learning so much bigger. The internet is just the greatest inventions ever, because we're able to connect so much. I don't think people knew about the things happening in like other countries. And I know a lot of people like will like, repost and retag people in. They were talking about like the forest fires in California, and there were the rhinoceros. There was like all the extinct like, species. There was some like conservation project that was going around, and it was going around in like Africa. They wanted to start this new conservation project, and I saw people like here like sharing so many, so many sharing increases awareness. We're learning about other places, other things that we. You couldn't have imagined you'd I don't think on a daily basis you would really think like oh what's happening in this war over there in that country like you wouldn't you probably wouldn't know unless someone like told you in the classroom or in real life
1: no and i think you're seeing companies too like buzzfeed um you know you've got all your goofy little lol cute quizzes but they are also trying to do um very similar to teen vogue really trying to do some hard-hitting realistic pieces about terrible things that are happening in the world that we need to be aware of. Um, and again, that wasn't something I had access to 20 years ago when I was your guy's age. So I think that there's there's a lot to be said for the, the global connectivity that it allows people your age because you're already playing that role of a global citizen that I really did not get to until my late 20s.
0: So as we finish up here, I want to ask you, what is your biggest advice like to students about how they can use technology better?
1: So I think coming back to the idea that, you know, know, really using the issued LCPS Chromebook as the professional tool. Leave the social media stuff, your Etsy accounts, your Fortnite and stuff, leave that to your personal devices. Um, Set notifications on Google um, for important school items. Really utilize that calendar. It's very user-friendly. But also be vocal about the extensions and apps that you think would help you be more productive. We can kind of start collectively poking the the county to to permit more of those tools. And, you know, as you had said earlier, try and keep up on that ever-changing scene of what's new and what's what's uh, accessible. And also, you know, use the help desk that's in the library before and after school, even if there's like a small tech issue. Um, so it can be addressed before you've got a major one when an assignment is due. Pop by and see me. I'm in room 407. I, I can certainly reset your passwords, but I'm happy to take a look at anything that you're having trouble with. But... Uh, there are a lot of teachers here off the record that are going to be pissed because this is not what they signed up for. And if you look again at like test scores um, and passing grades, what they've done for however many years works, you know. So why change it? Why change it when they've got two more years, you know, three more years, five more years on the clock? And it's like, yeah, because we're changing so quickly.
0: It was great having you today. Thank you so Thank much you for coming so much and for talking with me. me. Like, yeah, this of was course. Great. That wraps up our discussion about technology. Thank you again for listening. My name is Sanal Prakash. This has been The Discourse, and I'll see you guys next time.